It's the bottom line. On News Radio 610, KONA, from the Tri Cities to Olivia to DC, we break down, break it all down the stories of the day and the people making the news. And that's the bottom line. Time to get the bottom line. Presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser with your hosts, Rob Francis and Ed Dawson. Well, and good Tuesday afternoon. Welcome into the bottom line. News Radio 610 KONA 547 1610 is our phone number. You can also reach us via email 610KONA.com. The bottom line page, your name, where you're listening, what you would like to say. We are on Twitter at bottom line 610. Facebook at the bottom line 610, and of course, the free mobile app available through the Google and the Apple stores. 547-1610. Rob Francis said Dawson hanging with you. Coming up next hour, we will talk with Amber Kraybach, who has run for office in Washington State on the west side of the state. Uh, she was recently down in Maricopa County to observe aspects of the forensic audit that is going on down there in Arizona. Uh, looking forward to that conversation next hour because it really is a fascinating um, endeavor. And there has been much to do about what is happening in Maricopa County. And there has been some tete at the federal level as well with um, Attorney General Merrick Garland making a, well, trying in the trying to make a tough statement. He just doesn't come across very intimidating, if you ask me. Um, but uh, he, he tried to make a forceful statement regarding the forensic audit, and the, he was met with a response from lawmakers in Arizona as well as Arizona's own attorney general saying, if you try to block any of this or you try to do anything to subvert any of this you will find yourself in an arizona prison yeah we're not playing games here you you cannot interfere in this that's coming from some of the arizona state lawmakers that are behind and this forensic audit which actually should be wrapping up here pretty dang soon yeah and and that's the thing And and that is keep in mind this is another reason why democrats in washington dc want to pass H.R. 1 and S.B. 1, because it would give the federal government significantly more oversight over elections at the state level. Mm-hmm. Right now, they don't have that. Nope. So right now, this forensic audit is completely and totally within the confines of the state of Arizona, and if the federal government in any way, shape, or form attempts to interfere in it, they are breaking the law. Yes. So that's why... HB1 and SB1 are so, or I say HR1 and SR1 are so huge for Democrats right now because it will give the federal government more input, more oversight, and more ability to impact state elections, or I should say elections within the state because it would impact all levels of races within states. With, with the language that is in that legislation. And they claim that it is to make it more equitable when in all reality it is to give the government more control at the federal level and they don't really care about equity or any facet of fairness. They want to be able to control the voting system up and down the line. 
So yeah, we'll be uh, we'll be picking uh, the brain of Amber Kraybach. She she's one of uh, a handful. There's uh, there's delegates and teams of people from all over the country uh, that have been and continue to go to Arizona to check in on this forensic audit. The speculation is that once they have seen how the operation works, uh, they are going to report back to their people in their respective states and get the ball rolling on forensic audits in other states using Arizona as the blueprint. I've, I've said before, and I'll say it again, Arizona is the first domino. It's either going to fall flat and that's the end of it, or it's going to tip over, collide with another domino and another domino and another domino until we get a better picture of what's going on. You can also email us uh, by going to the website, 610kona.com, the bottom line page. Send us your question or your comment. You can use the free mobile app. There's all kinds of wonderful ways to, uh, to get in touch with us. Oh, absolutely. Smoke signals, sure. flare guns. We, we like it all. So I want to flash back a year to when President Trump was talking about his the last budget he was going to submit as president. And there was a reduction in funding to the Hanford site. Yes, there was. There was a reduction in funding by, I think it was 400 and some million dollars. It was a chunk of change. Yeah, yes. it, was, it was about $400 million yes. that was going to be a reduction. Right. And Maria Cantwell, Patty Murray, Jay Inslee, all came out and just put out press releases screaming and yelling about the cuts to Hanford. Dan Newhouse also put out a release saying that he was not happy with the cuts because this is in his backyard. Sure. It's his district. And so he turned around and said that he was very disappointed to see it and hoped that there would be something that would that would fix that. Fast forward a year. The Joe Biden administration, in their budget proposal, has eliminated PILT funding for the communities surrounding the Hanford site. That would be the Tri-Cities. That would be the Tri-Cities. Here's the kicker in all this. Mm -hmm. They're not doing it with all of the cleanup sites. They're only doing it to two. Yes. Hanford, which is, by the way, the largest cleanup site in the United States. Yep. And South Carolina. Yes. The others would continue to receive DOE PILT funding. Dan Newhouse put out a statement immediately. And by the way, we're talking roughly double the amount that the Trump administration had proposed in funds removed from the Hanford yeah. budget. You see, Trump was about 430-some million. This is about $900 million yeah. we are talking yeah. that is not going to be in the Hanford budget. $900 million. Okay, so Dan Newhouse puts out a statement. 
we had received a press release from Senator Murray's office. I responded with a question uh, to them regarding this and have not received a response yet. Uh, Senator Cantwell, we'll get to her in a second. Uh, No screaming and yelling press release from Jay Inslee. Maybe he'll address it tomorrow when he's in the Tri-Cities, which we still don't know (laughs) what what he's doing or where he's going to be because there's been no information about his visit planned tomorrow to the Tri-Cities. Or even uh, if it's still going to happen. Or even if it's still going to happen. Don't know. No information about that at all from the governor's office, which is par for the course. Yeah. But um, no screaming and yelling email automatically after this announcement. Senator Maria Cantwell, who has consistently been an advocate for funding for the Hanford cleanup process and was upset when the Trump administration was going to pull the $437 million, was definitely annoyed today during the hearing when Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm came in front of her committee to discuss that elimination of funding. Um... So Senator Cantwell has expressed her displeasure about this. Uh, you're talking almost $10 million for PILT in 2017 that came to the state of Washington. So it will be interesting to see what kind of response this is, but you've got one Democrat, one Republican that is pushing back on this right now, but yet the 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 unanimous front against the Trump administration is not there. So I guess Jay doesn't care about Hanford anymore. Um, just it's, it's only when it's a Republican in office that's going to take money away does he care. So that gives him another platform that he could stand on. But um, you know, considering that uh, the Puget sounds afraid of Hanford and everything, you would think that he'd be fighting a little bit more for that funding to be returned to the budget for the Department of Energy. Um, but we'll see. The tri-party compliant levels are $1.4 billion for Richland and $1.9 billion for the Office of River Protection, but $900 million short of those levels is where the Biden proposal is. So once again, Joe Biden uh, looking to break more promises. Big shock there. Back with more of the Bottom Line News Radio 610 K1A after this. The Bottom Line, the only place that cares what you think. Call in now, 509-547-1610. Presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser. Back on the Bottom Line News Radio 610 K-O-N-A, 547-1610 is the number if you would like to get involved. Windermere Group 172SoldTriCities.com. You can visit the website. Get your house in the program, the one that is achieving multiple offers. And more often than not, when that house sells, it's for thousands of dollars more than what was originally asked for. In order to find out how to get into the program, reach out to the experienced realtors with Windermere Group 172SoldTriCities.com. Houses going up on a regular basis. Get yours involved. Don't leave offers and don't leave money on the table. Contact Windermere Group 1 and 172SoldTriCities.com. 547-1610, the number if you want to give off. So, Ed, uh, every once in a while we uh, – well, actually, I shouldn't say every once in a while. Quite frequently, actually. Um, we get – 
some some interesting studies from different groups around the country. Yes. Um, one that does a lot of studies nationwide is WalletHub. Yeah, it's a personal finance website. Yes. Mm-hmm. And they recently put one out about the best states to live in. Oh. Okay. And coming from them, you would think there would be like an economic slant. To it. Certainly. Absolutely. So they based the score on affordability, economy, education and health, quality of life, and safety. Okay, that's what they made. Okay. They, get, they got a total score out of all of that. Now, I will say, and I'm not entirely sure where they got the information for the state that's number one. Okay. Because I can personally attest, I would like to see the public records on how this was done. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I can believe that Massachusetts is number two. Okay. Okay. I can believe Massachusetts yeah. is number two. Okay. Okay. They tend to have a decent economy usually, right? Yeah, and, and and education is a big yeah. priority in Massachusetts. Right, They've got right. a lot of good schools. Right. It's more affordable than people think, particularly yes. outside of Boston. Yeah. I can see Massachusetts at number two. Okay. Idaho is number four. Hmm. I can see that too. I can too. A lot of eyes on Idaho the last year or so about how they've handled things, right? Right. I cannot see New Jersey as number one. New Jersey? New Jersey is number one. Overall ranked number one. New Jersey is number one. Did it say what they ranked higher in to achieve that overall number one? Um, You know, I, I'm, I'm trying to figure that out because affordability, they're next to last. Okay, that's right. not a... How can you be next to last in something and still rank... Okay, anyway. The economy is 32nd. Oh, okay. That's like in the lower half. Right. right. Okay. They rank five in education and health. Okay. Number one in safety. Number what? one in safety. New Has anybody Jersey? been to Newark or Camden or Jersey City? They alone would account for about 10% of the of the country's crime. What, what, who's I, it I mean, safe for? The criminals? I don't know, but, but I, I don't know. Again, number one on safety. You got me blown away. New York was number two. What's the increase in percentage of shootings in New York City alone? Yeah, I just, I, just, just, just. That one's got me. Okay, okay. Quality me, of life is seven. If you ask anybody that doesn't live in New Jersey about the quality of life in New Jersey, they're going to tell you it's fifty first. Okay, yeah. So let me ask. Uh, something popped into my head. Uh huh. So let me ask the question. Sure. Is this based on? The locked down COVID infested 2020, where nobody was out, uh, thus nobody was out to be robbed in Jersey or uh, assaulted in New York, and therefore it's a wonderful thing. Crimes did go down all over the country. Except in New York and New Jersey and Portland well, and I'm just Seattle saying. and I'm just saying other 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 places. Okay, that's interesting. I, I just yeah. I mean, I just just can't Jersey, huh? D- number one in safety. They're number one overall. We'll, we'll, after we go to the phones, we'll get to where Washington is. Mm. You're up on the bottom line. News Radio six ten K. What's your name? Where are you calling from? 
Hi, guys. It's Cheeky. What's up, Cheeky? Well, I'm originally from Jersey, and I can tell you that that report is full of the stuff that comes out of the sewage in Newark. (laughs) Um, There is no way that it ranks number one in safe urine, anything except except the armpit of, you know, that's, of course, what, what New Yorkers call Jersey, but we have our own little name for New York, but... Um, there is no way that that could be ranked number one in safety. Are you sure you read the report right? I, I'm reading the report right now. New Jersey, he, yeah, did, he doesn't have it upside down yeah. where they're not 51st or something. And, and remember, That's what I was thinking. Maybe it was upside down. Well, remember, <laughs> those of us from Pennsylvania have special names for Jersey, too. So you must be from North Jersey if you cited New Yorkers. No, you know what? We uh, I grew up in Point Pleasant. Oh, okay. The right pumping the station. Yes. It was gorgeous. It was lovely. It was a lovely place to grow up. Um, now, when it was time for me to get married and we had children, I didn't want to raise my kids in Jersey, so we left. Um, <laughs> but it was a lovely place when I was growing up, um, except that Benny's would come down from New York and stay at the shore, you know, and um, wear their black, socks, black socks and sandals. And um, we, you know, Jerseyans, of course, made just the most horrific fun of of them. Um, you know, we've got a name for Pennsylvania people, too, but I'm not going to get into that because what I'm talking about here is the, the report. <laughs> Why did you call Cheeky? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it just has to be wrong. Yes, I agree with you completely. Totally. Jersey was number one for a while, though, in Superfund funding from the uh, federal government. There you go. There you go, because there there's a, a nuclear plant that, yep. you know, yeah, yeah, I can see that. I can see that. But, yeah, uh, I can't see it being safety. I can't see the economy. I can't see, I mean, you can't even afford to buy a house. So the rest of it is, um, yeah, I've been to Camden. And that's a scary place. Camden, um, Newark. Oh, yeah, trust yeah. me. We, 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 those of us that are familiar with the area know exactly the, the, the reason why safety is the big what. How is that number one? Yeah, say what? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, even going to the airport in Elizabeth, uh, excuse or Newark, you know, you got to go through Elizabeth to get to, uh, no, Mm-mm. not safety. Not safety at all. Cheeky, thanks for the call. <laughs> Great to hear from you. 547 you want to get involved. And, and, I, and it's funny, she said Point Pleasant. Um, in the late 70s and early 80s, there was a huge to-do around the, the pumping station in Point Pleasant that attracted some of the activist du jour of the mm, day, okay. like Abby Hoffman. Oh, okay. Abby Hoffman spent sure. a lot of time protesting in Point Pleasant. Uh, and, and so it was, it was almost like you would, you would have Abby Hoffman sightings uh, in the newspaper. They would, they would talk about what Abby Hoffman was doing. And because uh, he would be the guy that would that would get the microphone and he, sure. would, he would jaw a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we come back, we will we will let you know uh, where Washington sits in this study, as well as Oregon. We told you Idaho is number four. Yeah, that's a nice showing. Um, we can tell you that the rest of the states that are considered to be on the West Coast didn't fare nearly as well as Idaho or New Jersey, which is still stunning to me. Yeah. Massachusetts sitting at number two. Um, 
Minnesota rounds out the top five, by the way, followed by Wisconsin, Utah, New Hampshire, Iowa, and Pennsylvania. That's the top ten. We didn't touch on any of the other West Coast states yet. We'll let you know where they come in when uh, we come back. 547-1610 is the number. You can weigh in as well through the web, through the website, 610k18.com. Bottom line page, your name, where you're listening, and what you would like to say. Can't get in by phone? Give us your bottom line through email. Send your thoughts from the bottom lines page at 610kona.com. Back to the bottom line with Robin Ed, presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser on News Radio 610KONA. Bottom line News Radio 610KONA 547-1610. If you would like to get involved in the program, Perfection Tire, four locations here in the Tri Cities. They've been here for almost 60 years serving this community, making sure your car stays on the roadways and, of course, providing a huge selection of tires for every make and model of vehicle on the roads and even off the roads as well. Visit their website, PerfectionTire.com, to see that huge selection of tires and the huge amount of services that they offer as well from the bottom to the top of your vehicle. Make sure Perfection Tire is taking care of you. 547-1610, if you want to get involved, so... California, in this Wallet Hub survey that talks about the best states to live in, California uh, is the first of the wacky West Coast states to chart, and that is at 27th. 27th? Yes, they are dead last in affordability at 50. So overall, very average, very middle. Yes, slightly in the bottom, you know, bottom half of the states, okay? Um. So they are at 27th overall, 50 in affordability, 26th in economy. Education and health, California comes in at 22nd. Quality of life is 4th, and safety is 28th. Yet somehow they managed to come in 27th when they have just two of the five categories that are above, well, 26, but they've got, you know, 26 and 28 cancel out basically for 27. But you've got 22, 4, and 50, and they come in 27th. Hmm. Washington comes in at 30th. 30th? 35th in affordability. Yeah. If you would have taken that three years ago. Probably would be in the top 15 at the worst. Probably. Top 10, maybe. At least much better than that. Yeah. Economy is 29th in Washington. I thought our economy was just motoring right along. That's what Inslee keeps saying. We're 13th in education and health. Okay. Ninth in quality of life. Wow, it's because of all the wonderful outdoorsy stuff. Where do you think where do you think we are in safety? Safety. Safety. Where do you think Washington State ranks in safety? Thirty second. Thirty second. I will read to you the list of states that rank lower in safety than Washington State. Okay? You ready? Mm-hmm, yeah. Okay. South Carolina, Alaska, New Mexico. Ooh, it's a little lower than I thought. In only, safety, in safety, only three states, and believe it or not, one of them was not Oregon. Wow, yeah, forty seventh. So, so in somewhere safety. along the way, 
47th in safety. Our economy tanked and it became less safe to live in Washington State than what had happened. So I wonder how that went down. Now, under safety, this is what they took into consideration. Violent crime rate, property crime rate, traffic-related fatalities per capita, and total law enforcement employees per capita. Ah, I'm willing to bet the last one skewed things a bit. The violent crime rate got full weight, property crime rate double weight, total law enforcement employees per capita got double weight, and traffic-related fatalities per capita got half weight. So to to, to average that out, 7.27 points were awarded for total law enforcement employees and property crime rate, and violent crime rate got 3.64 points. So that tells you right there. Violent crime rate at 3.64 points. How high would that have had to have been to get you 47? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it would have. Yes. That's 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 a shame. To it get really you is. 47th. Well, Oregon wasn't too far off. They're 44th. Yeah. Well. But overall, I mean, they're 30. Portland probably skewed Oregon way bad. Did oh, I mean, they did. Again, what, what time period are we talking about? Is this Chaz Chop stuff being factored in, I wonder? This was done. I mean, all me find those, the dates. all those demonstrations and shutting down I five in Seattle for protests uh, last spring and summer. I mean, is that all that stuff? I'm looking to see when if they give a uh, data used to create the ranking were obtained from the U.S. Census Bureau uh, and other. So I'm 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 going to guess that it is relatively recent. I mean, they just put it out, so the statistics couldn't be from a year ago because otherwise it wouldn't be pertinent to well, June I mean, 15th a lot of, of t- 2021. Well, I'm, you know, usually they wait you know, until statistics are available. And so those could be statistics for uh, the, entire, the entirety of 2020, possibly. Don't know. Uh, yeah, I would think I I I would be I would be hard pressed to believe that they are a year old. That these, okay. that, that that's that this type of usually a a something with data from 2020 would be out in January. You would have something like that that would come out in January or February if you were especially if you're pulling numbers from federal bureaus. Yeah. Now this isn't state this isn't state data. This is Census Bureau, Bureau of Labor, FBI, Centers for Disease Control, um, Administrative Office of the Courts, United Health Foundation. These are all federal entities that are. Regardless, it ain't good. Putting it in. Yeah, it ain't good for Washington State. So all all those wonderful things that they're. Uh, they're touting from the governor's office, aren't aren't coalescing here. A couple of other interesting drops. Yeah, but did, did they follow the science? That's what I want to know. Well, apparently they followed some science. Uh, highest income growth, Washington was third. Oh. Washington was third. Oregon was number one. California was number two. Washington was number three. Really? Yep. The three West Coast states were one, two, and three in highest income growth. California. Was that because the minimum wage went up for everybody? I guess. California hmm. was number 50 and lowest percent of the population age 25 and older with a high school diploma or higher. Hmm. California was 50th. Well, congratulations. California was 50th. 
Lowest average weekly work hours, Oregon tied for second with Rhode Island. Mm. Most restaurants for capita, California, New York, Florida, and Texas at number one. Lowest crime rate, number three, was Idaho. Yeah. Number three was Idaho. Why do you think so many people are moving there? Well, I, oh, yeah. Highest housing costs, Oregon is number 48. California is number 50. Lowest home ownership rate, number 49, California. West Coast, man. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's, it's. it's it's uh, California's been the one leading the way, of course, in that regard with all of those things for many, many, many years now. But Oregon and Washington are catching up. You know, you remember or, uh, Washington was one of the best states to retire for a long time. Yep. Um, not so much anymore. 31st in that regard. Used to be one of the best states to retire. It's 43rd for affordability for retirees. Yikes. Again, you know, Oregon is 39th. California is actually higher than both of them. But but these Washington and Oregon used to be considered good retirement states. Sure. Not not anymore. There and a is, lot of it has to do with what's happening in the state capitals. Well, true, because the the other things that made the Northwest attractive hasn't had they haven't changed. You know, the great outdoors, the, you know, the mountains, the rivers, uh, you know, all that is the beaches, all that stuff that hasn't changed. Right. You know, the weather hasn't changed. Um, so what's been the problem? Well, it's all those other things that you mentioned, you know, that are policy driven and politically driven that are driving it further down the list. <laughs> Gotta take a time out. 547-1610-509-547-1610. You can email us by going to the website, 610kona.com, the bottom line page. Send us your question or your comment. Now back to the bottom line on News Radio 610 KONA, presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser. It's your voice, your show. Call the LegendsCasino.com hotline, 509 547 1610. Back at the bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA. The phone number is 547 1610 if you'd like to get involved. Robinette hanging with you. Jason Hogage with American Family Insurance. Contact him today if you have questions about what. Mike Kreidler's emergency order could do to your rates when he said your credit score can't be used anymore. What kind of an impact is that going to have? Jason will be able to tell you because, well, he's been following it. Contact Jason today via his website, jasonhoke.com. You can also talk to him about your policy and maybe American Family Insurance can get you more coverage for what you're currently paying, maybe even a little bit less money coming out of your pocket. But the only way you're going to find out is to set up a meeting with Jason today at jasonhoke.com, American Family Insurance. So, Here's one thing I can tell you. I'm not a huge fan of Stephen Colbert. In fact, I'm not a huge fan of any of the late night guys. Yeah, me neither. Because they're not funny anymore. No. They're just, they just, there's a lot of, a lot of, a a lot, there's not a lot of substance anymore. Yeah. It used to be you'd watch Johnny Carson and there was substance. Yeah. David Letterman, you got stuff out of. Sure. You don't get anything out of today's late night hosts. They're Mm -hmm. just, they're, they're just there to show for whatever. 
But a guy who did do late night, and actually his first talk show, I don't know how many people remember this, his first talk show was actually on MTV. Yes. It was on MTV eons and eons and eons ago. He's a guy that falls into the smart comedy realm with guys like Dennis Miller, George Carlin. He's always been a, Mm -hmm. a, a, don't always agree with him politically. Yeah. But respect him because he's always been an open-minded guy, and he's also been smart, funny, and that's Jon Stewart. Yes. And Jon Stewart recently was on Colbert's show, and they were talking about the coronavirus. (laughs) And some that have a predisposed opinion of Jon Stewart and where he sits on the spectrum, could political spectrum, could be a little surprised with his dissertation on, on the coronavirus. Here it is. Explanation is you're going to get from anybody, and the fact that it takes John Stewart to cut through all the tape and turn uh-huh. around and go, "You've got a lab studying this in the middle of the town that has the outbreak. Anything in common? It must be a bat in a wet market. Yes, it must be a bat in a wet market. But I liked I liked the Hershey, Pennsylvania comparison. That was good. And and John Stewart wasn't saying this with any type of questioning. Well, and there was he, he was, there was no uh, political bent. No, it's like I'm connecting these two dots because. They're in proximity to each other. I'm connecting this to this, and that's where I'm drawing my conclusion. It's not. It, it's not a never Trumper statement. It's not you know any political affiliation whatsoever. It doesn't cast a, a you know a, a disparaging comments on anyone who is 
had coronavirus or died from it or if it was politically. No, he connected two dots that were right next to each other. And have been right next to each other the uh-huh. whole time. But dismissed because orange man bad. Well, maybe. Now, <laughs> but here's but here's the other part oh, of this. Oh, my goodness. If you're wondering why someone like Jon Stewart now is coming out and saying something like that or or saying with such confidence and affirmation that there's no question that this came out of a lab, maybe because a larger portion of the scientific community is now saying without question, based on information that's been presented over the course of the last 30 to 60 days, that there really is no other way. Right. There really is no other way. This did not evolve naturally. And and you know what the biggest thing was? The FOIA dump. Yeah. The FOIA dump was huge. And the FOIA dump goes to show that for over a year, Anthony Fauci and the NAIA and a number of other organizations that had to do with funding this lab and gain-of-function research have been trying to cover their tracks and hide any involvement in this because once it got out, they knew that if anybody found out their involvement, they were screwed. Yep. And this is just the beginning. This is the scratching of the surface of all of this. Well, I I recently heard this. Again, don't know how much I, I agree with it or not, but it's out there. If this is turning out to be a lie that was told to the American people, what other lies have been told to the American people? Don't know. I don't know if that's going to be a domino effect like the forensic audit in Arizona uh, to begin sweeping across the country. Don't know. But again, here you have a comedian a left-leaning comedian, but not as far left as some of the others that are out there. Like but the it, guy whose show he was on? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, Jon Stewart is not a far-left liberal. He he has gone on to Capitol Hill to uh, advocate for veterans' rights, and, and he's done some things. Um, but to have him come out and very matter-of-factly, yes, in a comedic tone, because that's what he does— did you listen to the audience in the beginning when John Stewart, be, you know, started out his little diatribe? There was silence in the audience. They're like, yeah. "Oh, how do we react to this? Or what, what? What's he going to say? I don't. I, you know what? By the end, they were cheering for him. He took over that show with that little revelation uh, wrapped in a joke." And you know, it's all interesting. But again, we come back to something where you are you're, you're seeing people now taking the information that's been presented, rationalizing it for themselves, and coming to a conclusion. And when this thing is all said and done, we're going to find out that this was nothing like the 1918 pandemic. That this was an engineered virus. That accidentally, I think accidentally got out of the lab. I still believe it wasn't intentionally released. But they were doing some nefarious stuff in a country where you can get away with doing nefarious stuff. Because the only oversight is the communist government. 
There are no watchdog groups in China. It doesn't exist. So it's very interesting to me. But I don't believe it got out on purpose. But we know that this, I think we all know now, the origins of COVID-19.